This is episode 188 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life. Today's articles are 8 Things Preppers Often Focus On Too Much and 13 Clever Ways to Get Non-Preppers On Board. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, uh, yesterday we talked about um, an article on Armstrong Economics and today it was one of the most popular, actually it was the popular uh, article on Prepper Website. I just wanted to touch base on that because I know that there's some of you who listen to the podcast that can't always make it over to Prepper Website and uh, I, I'm not going to read the article, but just wanted to touch on it. Um, the, the name of the article is The ECM Turning Point Here in November. And I'll link to it in the show notes. So if you're interested in going to go check it out, you can a little bit later on. Uh, ECM stands for Economic Confidence Model. And um, Armstrong, Martin Armstrong has a, a program. And it kind of sounds ominous, right? Like this program, ooh, spits out data. And but I mean he'll just he'll be the first one to tell you he's just, it's just spitting out data it's pure raw data and you know it it takes raw data and it kind of spits it out into cycles basically so whatever the formula whatever the algorithm is it, it seems to uh, help look at cycles and the way things happen and uh, so his economic confidence model they've been able to go back and uh, track different things that have happened and then also look forward. And, and where things are going. So basically what he's saying in this article is that there is a downturn that will happen uh, this around Thanksgiving this year. Uh, so you know November 24th, 25th, there's going to be a, a downturn. And when you say when you hear the downturn, it's it's a confidence, confidence uh, downturn starting uh, somewhere in, in at the end, you know, I guess Thanksgiving time. And it's going to go to about July of 2018. Uh, so maybe about eight eight months there, and then it's going to climb back up, and then it's going to fall back down uh, uh, starting next year. So this time next year, November 21st. Uh, so after we have start the downturn this year, then a year from uh, that time is going to do another long downturn, and that is going to be all the way to 2020. So January 18th, 2020, and. Um, when he's talking about in his article, he goes back and he, he shows a couple of the other downturns that, that are there. Uh, I can't remember exactly what the uh, the exact amount is uh, that when that happens. He, he does a breakdown in the article. Uh, but, you know, there's some specific downturns in the economic uh, or in the confidence model of what, what's happening. And sometimes there's, it points to specific events. So uh, he, he looks at uh, 2001. Uh, the downturn was September 11th, and that's when, of course, you know we had the bombings there. Uh, looking uh, past that, uh, looking at, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, looking looking uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. It's been a long day. Uh, looking a little bit past 2001, I guess I'm trying to. I'm thinking backwards, but then thinking forwards too. So uh, the, the next one he brings up is April 2010, and that's when Greece finally uh, had to petition the IMF for 
alone because they were going into into bankruptcy and we followed Greece uh, a long time on Prepper website and you know all the things that were going on over there and uh, how the people uh, you know started to, to protest over there it really never turned to anything big uh, you always thought that it was going to turn to something big I guess people and, and maybe it is I mean I don't know I haven't really heard anything out of Greece in a long long time possibly because there's so many other crazy things going on but uh, you know maybe people get to a point where they just start accepting it you know they accept the change that life sucks and they just deal with it and uh, man that's just just not cool the other one that he points to is uh, the wave the economic confidence model downturn that brings in uh, the dictators that that uh, you know we find in World War II and uh, so it, that's an interesting article there. Again, I, I'm not preaching doom to you. I'm not saying that, you know, bad things are going to happen. What I'm saying is there's going to start to be a downturn in, in confidence. And, uh, you know, when there's a, a downturn in the confidence of the government, then there's certain things that start happening, right? Happening. People start uh, losing trust and faith in the government and uh, you know they they people don't uh, uh, stay quiet anymore I guess that's what I'm trying to say right uh, that tends to rile people up and uh, then you know depending on society and where they are at things can can get a little crazy and so uh, when you think about where we're going to be I guess this time next year when the real long downturn happens to 2020 uh, there's going to be the midterm elections, and so maybe the midterm elections happen, and then the results. Everybody starts realizing after you know the the shock and awe of of what's happened. Maybe that starts to turn people downward. You know, it's like uh, two two weeks after that, people start you know uh, lo losing confidence in 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 what's happening. I don't know. Uh, I can't, you know, tell you anything specific. There's no, you know, thing that you can say very, very specific to that. But Michael Snyder did bring that up in his. Uh, Michael Snyder is the the author of the Economic Collapse blog, but he also has uh, two other ones. And uh, on endoftheamericandream.com, he talked about the Republican Party just got a major league wake up call because there was a lot of big, uh, you know, like governor races, Virginia. And uh, I think New Jersey, uh, you know, they lost their, the, you know, the, the Republican governorships to Democrats and then other seats as well. And he's talking about that. And uh, maybe the fact that, you know, we won, we have uh, the presidency, we have the House, we have the Senate. And then, you know, so the Democrats are like, they started turning out in force in this last election so that they could get, you know, people uh, elected to office. And then maybe that's where... Uh, we're going to be this time next year. You know, he talks about maybe people being lulled to sleep, Republicans being lulled to sleep because or conservatives that uh, you know everything is fine now. We've got a Republican president, we've got uh, you know Republican Senate and House, but nothing has changed. Everything stays the same, uh, and it's actually probably even gotten worse, right? Um, not because of laws that have been changed, but because nothing has been changed. You know, the status quo has been maintained, and everybody probably had hopes. That things would get changed in in Washington, and and they're not. So maybe that's part of it. There, uh, I'll link to both of those articles in the show notes. Uh, Martin Armstrong's article, and then also uh, Michael Snyder's um, Michael Snyder's uh, article as well on the American Dream or into the American Dream dot com. So you can go check those out if you if you like 
Uh, we're coming up on the weekend here, so you might have a little bit of extra time to be able to uh, go read some articles if that's not something you normally do. Um, we have two great articles. Uh, I know that I've already read the, uh, the titles to you. This first one comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. It's entitled, Eight Things Preppers Often Focus on Too Much. And uh, Salty and Spice uh, have a, a podcast as well. And so th this is actually the show notes to their podcast. So if you, uh, you'd like to go listen to their podcast, you can do that. Uh, listen to a little bit of it. Uh, I think maybe they, they might be doing it while they're driving. Uh, I, and I don't know. I, I don't know for sure if that's the case or not. I uh, listened to a little bit on the front end, a little bit on the back end. So maybe, maybe that's just uh, an inside joke or, or not. But you can check that one out. Uh, as well, it's always good to go check out other podcasts and see uh, how other people are are looking at things. But uh, I think we have some good information here, uh, and so let's go ahead and read this one. Uh, as preppers, one of the hardest things that we can do is to find balance in our preps. For various reasons, we tend to overdo our neglect. In today's article and its accompanying podcast, we take a look at eight different things we as preppers tend to emphasize too much or spend way too much time and money on. We published an article and podcast last week about six things preppers don't do enough of, so we thought it was time to go ahead and look at the other side of the coin. Here's a list of eight things that preppers tend to count on too much. Here are eight things that a lot of preppers overdo. Number one is guns. I love guns. I'm a bit of a firearms fanatic. As far as I'm concerned, the more guns, the better. The problem is, for prepping purposes, owning several safes full of guns is both unnecessary and it limits the amount of resources that are available for the rest of our preps. Number two is knives. Sorry, knife guys. I hate to put this one out there, but I know preppers who spend an absolutely ridiculous amount of money on knives and call it prepping. It's not. Just like guns, buy what you need and don't skimp on the quality, but adequate spares. I'm sorry, buy adequate spares and move on. It's okay to have knives and gun collecting as a hobby. But don't use money needed for other preps to fund your obsession. Number three is tactical gear. I go to gun shops, gun shows, and prepper shows from time to time, and I have to admit I have actually laughed out loud at some of the pointless and patently ridiculous tactical junk being sold and purchased. Hey, if you want to dress like a member of a SWAT team, that's your business, I don't care. But if your AR-15 weighs in at 17 pounds because it's so loaded with tactical garbage you will never use, well, you may want it back off a bit. <laughs> Number four is fire starters. I have to chuckle at some of the absolutely ridiculous threads I've read on prepper forums about the various fire starting methods and the inordinate amount of time and effort put into alternate fire starters. Here's a hint. We are preppers, not bear what's his name. If you want to have fire starters to last you forever, buy a case of Bic lighters and you are good to go. It, it, if it's a long-term situation, you have years to master the bow drill. <laughs> Number five, 30-year shelf life food. I know it happens every day. Somebody realizes how much prepping is needed for survival, so they decide to knock out the food problem and order one of those year supply of food things from one of the big freeze-dried prepping food companies. Other than we find most of those ads horribly misleading, except to see a story series on this in the future, there's nothing wrong with having long-term food storage. The problem is when people stop at that and think they have it covered. It's far more important to be able to grow your own food than have X many years within storage or worth in storage because one of two things is likely to happen. 
A, you never use it, or B, you use it, then when it's gone, if you are not growing your own by then, you starve. Better to implement a food growing system which you supplement with long-term food storage than having the long-term stuff being your only option. Besides, do you really want to eat nothing that doesn't come out of a five-gallon bucket for years at a time? Not to mention the likely vitamin deficiencies. Number six, electronic gadgets. So many times I see people prepping with electronic gadgets. While there is nothing wrong with having a few electronic items as long as you have a way to charge them, if we get into an extended situation, they cannot be counted on. They can also be trashed immediately by an EMP or have their use degraded very quickly by limited access to recharging and they tend to be fairly fragile. Cell phones instead, or oh, this is number seven, cell phones instead of a solid communication plan for families. A friend of mine lives in the U.S. Virgin Islands. The three days before the recent hurricane arrived, know what the cell phone companies did? They disassembled their cell phone towers and lashed the parts to the ground. They then flew their workers out of the path of the storm. Good thing they did. It saved them a ton of money because the storm would have just destroyed the towers if they were up. Cell phone service in a grid-down scenario cannot be counted on. Cell service in an emergency can't be counted upon, in fact. As history has shown, the system tends to overload. Instead, we need to have a sound, predetermined meetup plan with our loved ones so we know at the SHTF where they will go. And number eight, critical devices like heaters that require electricity. Preppers that live in areas that get cold need to have a way to heat their houses that doesn't use electricity. Additionally, they need to learn things to know how to, like how to both shut off the water in their house and the, at the main valve and drain the system in case of a long-term outage in the winter so pipes won't bust. Trust nothing that requires power in an emergency. So there are eight items that are many more, and there are many more that we could have mentioned so you can't expect to a follow-up article in the, in the future. We don't expect you to agree with all of them. Our goal is to encourage you to think about it and debate whether we are right or full of beans. All right, so there's a couple of uh, uh, comments here that you can go check out. Uh, people are agreeing with what he's saying. Uh, it was Salty and Spicer saying over here. And uh, I agree, I agree too. Um, you know, I think... Um, we do we do people tend to focus on i guess things that they feel comfortable on instead of being well rounded and that's one reason why um you know when i started writing the survival uh for the common man uh, i talked about the the plan and that's one reason why i talk about plans uh you know so often is you have to have a plan you can't just focus on you know one one thing you'll you'll get tunnel vision and you'll stay with that one thing and uh the rest of your prepping supplies will um, it just it will be a totally lopsided, and uh, you want to make sure that you are preparing in uh, you know in a purposeful way. So yeah, I see the guns and the knives things going on quite a bit. I but you know knives are cool, but I you, you're right. You 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 don't need to go have you don't need 25 different knives. You need you know, a couple of knives, and uh, you're you know you're good to go there. The tactical gear. I really never got into that um, ever, you know. I I just I, I just never really uh, uh, was of interest to me. Uh, never never went there, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I I kind of see it where people are like, hey, I want the you know that that's a cool cool thing to get, and kind of kind of understand a little bit, but I never never wanted to go there. The the fire starters, I like that idea of uh, you know you'll have many plenty of years to learn. 
the bow drill uh, if you need to. I still think it's a good skill to, to know and to learn uh, and to, uh, but you wouldn't count on it. So you've, uh, there's been plenty of articles in the past where people have, uh, you know, people who are in even like survival guides and people who have schools and things like that where uh, they've taken people out and immediately someone was trying to do like a bow drill or they're, they're trying to do, you know, something along those lines and flint and steel or, or whatever. And it's kind of like, why, why are you, you know, why is that your first go-to? Your first go-to should be a lighter, you know, a big lighter or something along those lines. And uh, then, you know, you should have some other means of, of doing that. Your, your go-to should not be, you know, flint and steel or, uh, you know, bow drill or those kinds of things. Uh, again, cool things to, to learn. Uh, I love that uh, my friend Todd over at Survival Sherpa. He's an educator as well, and he gets his he uh, you know he he gets his kids out uh, at, you know out uh, outside, and he has his kids learning how to uh, to use the bow drill. And you see the expression when they get it. You see the expression on their face, and they just you know they're so excited because they they've achieved this thing. And so I, I still think it's a good idea to have, but it shouldn't be your go-to. Your go-to should be a, a lighter. You don't have time to be messing with stuff like that. You should know the other methods. You should, you know, if you have time and you can practice and you're, you're out camping or whatever, you're building a fire for, you know, in the backyard for, you know, to roast some marshmallows or whatever because it's cool. Uh, you're going to sit back there with the family. Yeah, do do that. But uh, you, you really do need to make sure that your go-to is something like a big lighter and you're able to uh, get that going pretty quickly um the the food storage totally uh totally see that and uh, the thing is is that when you first start preparing one of the things is that you like you know you you go through that fear uh, you go through that 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 season of fear right and uh, realizing how fragile things are you read articles like we're nine uh nine meals away from anarchy and if the truck stopped rolling you know, all hell will break loose and supplies will, will break down. And so you start thinking about your family, like, what can I do? Uh, you know, I want to put back as much food so that my family doesn't starve. And, you, you know, you kind of, you start going that way. And so that's probably one reason why people do buy the year supply of food and uh, they, they go into it, uh, you know, w with that kind of mindset. But you do need to think, uh, and that's the one thing that I try to do from the very beginning is I try to think, long term ultimately you know is like pre uh, problem solving and i guess that's just kind of my mindset is like okay this can get me through here but what's going to happen afterwards and so let me prepare for the long long term right and so understanding that you do need that those gardening skills and and know what to do there so that you can grow your own food and uh you know have have other options you definitely need to do that um so a lot of good things there, good information. Go check that out. Go check out the comments over at Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. And uh, you can add their podcast to your podcast catcher if that's something, uh, if you're looking for another podcast to listen to. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to the next article. Our next article is one from the archives. So uh, try to bring in, um, try to go into the Prepper website uh, archives or, or the, the Prepper website tag cloud and pull up an article that would be interesting and uh, informative for uh, for you as the listeners. And so this one comes to us from the survivalmom.com, uh, Lisa Bedford, and it's it's entitled 13 Clever Ways to Get Non-Preppers on Board. And so, you know, we all have people in our lives 
that uh, maybe family members who are uh, who are non preppers, uh, maybe people at work, maybe our neighbors, and we are trying to get them to understand uh, how important it is to prep. Uh, sometimes, you know, people just go full blast at it and it's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm a prepper and you need to prepare and, you know, let's prepare and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but then uh, some people don't want to go that route and want to be a little bit more uh, tactical about it, I guess. And, uh, you know, kind of slowly break it to uh, to people. And usually that's the best route um, because you can bring it into uh, a conversation and you, it's not really even preparedness so you might not even want to use the word preparedness right uh, you might want to talk about uh, natural disasters and different things and really right now where we are with all the things that have happened with uh, earthquakes and hurricanes and fires and and uh, you know you name it all these things that have happened uh, now is the perfect time to talk about some of these natural disasters because it's fresh on everybody's minds. I mean, everybody saw the the, the video from Houston, and uh, um, you know, people are hearing about Puerto Rico, although it's not in the news as much anymore. People saw the the reports on the fires and things like that. So, um, you know, now is really the time to start talking about that winter winter survival. Uh, you know, there's always stories out there about people who got stuck in the snow and uh, may, maybe even died because they weren't prepared or they had a miserable evening or whatever. You know, they, you know, they got some frostbite or whatever because they weren't prepared. And so, you know, using those kinds of stories can open up a conversation where you're not even talking about being a prepper or bring or preparedness or, uh, you know, the poop hitting the fan or anything like that. You're just talking about, hey, taking care of yourself and taking care of your family and making good decisions. So uh, this article talks a lot about that and uh, brings that into focus. So let's go ahead and start reading this one. 13 clever ways to get non-preppers on board. Prepping works best when an entire community is doing it together. But this is extremely rare and not easy to achieve. This is especially true when our neighbors, family, or friends aren't all interested. Yet, still, we care about them and want to see them able to care for themselves in the event of an emergency, power outage, or natural disaster. Here are a few ways to get your preparedness missionary mojo in motion and get those non-preppers on board. Don't make prepping fear-based. Preparedness is more than hurdling in a bunk, huddling in a bunker with a bunch of canned food for fear of social collapse or natural disaster. Rather, it is a variety of skill and lifestyle changes. Most non-preppers can see their way to making a few of these changes, like baby steps, or gaining a few of these skills, but not when offered to them with a steaming helping of dread. There are many reasons to live a preparedness lifestyle, and most of them don't sound like fun. Many people try to avoid thinking about unpleasant things happening to them. They feel like they aren't in control of those situations, and so there isn't anything they can do about it anyway. In most cases, you have lost them because you get the word prepared out of your mouth. Discuss how preparedness gives you better control of potential situations that come your way. Talk about the benefits of being prepared. People who are prepared save money. People who are prepared often live a healthier lifestyle. They exercise more. They spend more time outside. Preparedness gives children creative activities to do during the summer. It all gives family skills to build on and draw from. Appeal to their passion. The fun thing about pre preparation is that it breaks down into smaller topics. Each of these topics sounds like a piece of common sense on its own. It's easier to get people to commit to a single aspect of preparedness that 
they might enjoy rather than to all aspects of it all at once. If a friend has no interest in food storage, they may still have an interest in first aid. Others may have an interest in learning how to can and store their own food, but no interest in owning a firearm. In each of these cases, while not taking on a full preparation lifestyle, each friend will be taking on a preparation skill. Eventually, further down the road, they may want to learn more about self-defense and building a basement full of homegrown canned goods, but until then, encourage them in the aspect of preparedness they have chosen. You can also share how your preparedness has helped you in your life. Did you ever lose a job or hit a rough patch and have storage to fall back on? Did you ever have to live for a week without running water because of street construction or well problems? Or live with drought-induced water restrictions? Talking about these experiences in a conversation they fit into can be powerful and may reach your friends sooner than worrying about a future that may or may not cease. Offer classes. Before I became a person that uh, prepped, I had a friend teach me all about buying in bulk. I had a roommate that taught me the virtue of making my own jam and canning. My parents weren't really into prepping when I was younger, but they did provide me with self-defense lessons, lessons in money management, and a backyard garden to live on. Most of the time, a lifestyle of preparation doesn't start with someone waking up in the morning and thinking it's high time they started a backyard farm. Often, it's a lifestyle that grows with our situation in life and little lessons along the way. Be one of the people that makes the little lessons available. Classes for non-preppers could include eco-friendly. You can teach natural fertilizers for a garden. You can promote electricity, free cooking, or solar power energy. While many people aren't sure about the idea of preparation, they do want to help the environment, and currently these are methods used to accomplish both. Healthy living. These could include learning to make your own cleaners. They don't cost as much, and if, you, if your child chooses to drink the vinegar or lemon juice, it's not the danger that drinking chem, commercial chemicals is. You could also teach people how to cook a hearty, healthy meal from dry food, such as split peas and pinto beans. You might even toss in a few more exotic items, such as sprouting your own seeds. Saving money. Many young couples and new parents are looking for ways to eat healthy without breaking the bank on fresh produce. Teach the benefits of an apartment garden. Help them learn how to combine canned goods to make a nutrient-rich meal. You can also help them learn the value of the cloth diaper, the meal plan, and shopping for ingredients rather than pre-made convenience meals. Teach the benefit that comes from knowing how to repair something. This could include computer repair, cart maintenance, or patching up old jeans. Also help them discover the best way to reuse an item. Formula canisters make great planters. Or find items for free. Think samples. Did you ever think of using free formula samples for your baby's 72-hour kit? Physical exercise. Nothing gets you in shape like outdoor preparedness. Hiking, camping trips, and canoeing are only a few activities that would be both helpful in an emergency situation and help you drop those pounds. If you have a health-conscious friend, show them what nature has to offer them rather than the gym membership. This could bring up other topics like having enough water during a hike or how to use a compass because you took a wrong turn at the rock back there. This is a natural place to teach about other long-term storage foods and methods. Nothing spoils a canoe trip like finding those fresh, tasty brownies in your bag or all soggy, messy because the Ziploc wasn't quite sealed. 
unlike a Mylar bag. Likewise, a breakfast recipe for crepes using dehydrated eggs and milk, along with water and some freeze-dried berries, is much more inviting than trying to get newbies to eat scrambled eggs or scrambled the dehydrated eggs that eat them and eat them that way. Self-defense. Self-defense isn't just owning a gun or taking a martial arts class. Situational awareness and using body language to reduce the chances of becoming a target are important too. You can discuss what hairstyles or types of clothing help an opponent rather than the person being attacked. All these things are also part of self-defense. Address potential concerns, like a budget. Many people have difficulty seeing their way to preparedness lifestyles if they are living paycheck to paycheck. They feel the need to address the problem now rather than a distant future. Talk about how prepping reduces costs and eventually eliminates debt. Space. In order to store food or emergency items, there needs to be space to put it. Many people live in apartments or condos. They have bought storage space for things they no longer use. They may have so much in their living room they feel that they can't store. Share tips on how to hide storage, make space, and minimize what is already in their home. Meal Preparation It's great to have storage, but will your family eat it? Can you cobble it together into a decent meal? Will it be nutritious? Could you respond to this concern with recipes, shopping lists, and cooking classes? Encourage them to use their food storage regularly. Days they have to go back out for a meeting or an after-school activity with the kids, use food storage to make a fast and healthy meal. Or when those veggies they just bought are all moldy, put something from food storage to finish the meal. Getting started. It's not easy to start a storage system. There are wrong containers to store water in. There is learning about the proper temperature and lighting for your storage area. There are all the costly mistakes that can go along with just beginning to learn and act at the same time. Give your friends the benefit of your experience. Have handouts. Send your workshop participants away with an outline of what you just went over. Have them available for those that may be interested in starting out. When people have a plan to follow, they are more likely to follow through with it. There's some links to helpful uh, websites here like Red Cross, Food Storage, uh, Made Easy, FoodStorage.com, Practical Money Skills, FunctionalSelfDefense.org, and then some basic prepping information uh, links that you can go ahead and link to. I really liked uh, one of the comments here that I, that I read, so I want to go ahead and, and read that to you uh, really quickly. Uh, it says, I used a power outage on my mother and grandson all in the same day. It was weird. A storm left us in the dark, but there was no school closing. I lit a couple of oil lamps before my grandson, about six then, was woke up. I had gotten out of my sol got I had gotten out my solar crank, radio, light, etc., and was listening for closing closings. Meanwhile, he had to get dressed and ready to go. I gave him his flashlight. We managed with a lot of laughter, and we headed out when it was time down to the corner. On the way, he helped clear a lot of debris that was a real threat for me and my walker. A couple large branches, even. Up till the bus came, we kept listening to the radio. After he was off, I checked on Mom, who lives in a quiet building turned apartment out back. She was missing her caffeine. We had no car. The power was supposed to be back on by 9 a.m. At 11 a.m., still without power, I gathered up some things and went back out. I asked if she was okay, and she moaned about caffeine. I wanted some tea myself. Within five minutes, leaving her door open in case of fumes, I had a pot of water hot and she had her coffee. She watched the whole thing. When I handed her 
her cup, she declared, I want one of those bags like you have. The power came back on 10 minutes before my grandson got home. He was disappointed, saying he hoped he could still use his flashlight and cook out for supper. So we did. He wanted a bag like mine too. So I showed him his bag and we went through all the stuff in it. Mom also had her own bag started by then. I already had her stuff too, lol. We also made him a small student kit for his book bag. We have highways surrounding our little suburban neighborhood, so there is some risk for evacuation due to a spill. But otherwise, our main concern are storms and blizzards. Now, this household is prepared. Thanks for the tips. And so that's a, a prime example right there of uh, you know using a disaster, or not even a disaster, but just a power outage to uh, talk about preparedness. And you know you. The, the person who's talking here never brought up preparedness. It just had items and just had, uh, you know, had already thought of things to do and ways to handle things. So, uh, yeah, you need your morning cup of coffee. You need your caffeine. All right, have a little stove so that we can boil some water so that we can make coffee. Uh, you know, those kinds of things really mean a lot and people start to, to um start to get it and realize, hey, there's some benefit to this, you know, I never thought about having this or, you know, I never thought about this or, uh, you know, where would we be if we didn't have these supplies? Uh, same kind of thing happened with uh, my neighbor during Harvey. Um, after after the rain stopped and water started to recede, I mean, our electricity was out and we believe that they turned it off because um, um, the, the electricity comes to the neighborhood in power lines, but then it goes into the ground, and uh, we we believe that they turned off the water because the or the electricity because the ground was so soaked because of the water because of the flooding, and so anyway, so it was off for you know uh, I think a little bit more than 24 hours, and um, when we were here and the water started receding, I went ahead and hooked up the inver inverter to my truck and uh, started it up and uh, you know got the the refrigerator going kept the refrigerator uh up for about an hour you know and then at the same time charged any batteries that we had and or uh you know any phones and all that kind of stuff you know did that I made coffee outside you know on my grill and and all that but after i uh ran my refrigerator for a little while just to make sure that everything was keeping cold and frozen and stuff i took my inverter over to my uh to my neighbor and i said hey look uh you know you might want to make sure you know you can use this to run a, a, a cord, electrical cord to your refrigerator so you don't lose everything in your refrigerator and uh, so you can turn it on. And he said, wow, that's a great idea. I didn't even think about that. I have one built into my truck, you know. And so he has uh, one of the newer trucks that has a built-in inverter and uh, he, it didn't even cross his blind. So a lot of the times it's just, get, you know, helping people to understand, hey, you know, this is a way of thinking, you know, uh, that you, you can do and, and uh, you're your vehicle stores a lot of fuel and it is uh, with an inverter it is a, a huge huge uh, uh, generator that you can that you can use uh, to, to help power things at homes during you know times like these so uh, you know that 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 helps to to uh, you know start the conversation uh, at work there was times where we could you know bring up different things you know of preparedness uh, because of what was going on with Harvey and, and what had happened at Harvey and all that kind of stuff, uh, but you can you can bring up those kinds of things. I heard other people talk, and that's what's cool. That's what's really cool is when people don't know you have a preparedness website, and then you just kind of overhear them talking about preparedness things, and and that's 
that's just really cool. I just kind of smiled to myself and I'm like, uh, man, so here we have preparedness conversations going on and I'm not even being the one who's, uh, who's bringing it up. And so that was really, really cool there. So, uh, you know, there are ways to do that. There are ways to, to, to get the conversation going. Uh, like I said, we have a lot of things going on in the world. The world's crazy right now. You don't even have to struggle really hard to come up uh, for reasons why to, to prepare, you know, and, and uh, you know, people, people will see that right away. So hopefully you, uh, you go check out this uh, article. And like I said, there, there are some comments here uh, that, uh, that I loved. I loved reading that one, uh, with that older gentleman who, uh, helped his grandson. And then he created that, uh, that, uh, little bag for his, uh, for school. Uh, actually wrote an article on that, uh, a while back on, uh, Ed that matters. Maybe we'll read that one someday. All right, guys, uh, that's it for the week. I can't believe it's another week. I mean, these weeks keep going by so fast and we're quickly approaching, uh, you know, the end of the year, Thanksgiving, and then approaching, uh, you know, we will be approaching Christmas and then, man, on to 2018. Things have been uh, going really, really fast. Um, really enjoying being a part of the, you know, doing this podcast and, and being a part of the community out there, the Facebook group. If you're not a part of the Facebook group, I welcome you to come be a part of that and uh, just join. And uh, you can go over to, come over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com and click on join the Facebook group and then click join when you get over there. And, uh, you know, we'll just, we'll get you in and uh, you can start taking part of, you know, the, the, the dialogue there. Or you can just kind of go and lurk. And uh, just see what's going on and, and not necessarily, uh, you know, say anything or, or just see what it's like. We're just trying to build a community that where people can share information and, and uh, you know, uh, help each other out with, with ideas. I, I know that I'm not the only person that uh, has information on preparedness. There's a lot of people out there who have a lot of great information. And so um, the more the merrier as, as uh, the saying goes. So if you get a chance, I'd love for you to come over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com and drop a comment in episode 188, uh, just you know, whatever feedback you have there. And I'd love to uh, connect with you on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I love hearing from you. Uh, you know, it's, it's always uh, a blessing there. If you're looking for more preparedness information this weekend, uh, as uh, you know, hopefully you do get a chance to go out and uh, you know, get, some, get some dirt time or spend some time outdoors. I know the weather is really cooling in a lot of areas for y'all. We, we got a little cold front here in Houston. Uh, it's not going to last very long, but, uh, uh, you know, it, a little bit of a cold front. But uh, if you, for whatever reason, you're, you're looking for more preparedness information uh, other than the podcast, I welcome you to come over to PrepperWebsite.com. Uh, there are so many articles that we would never be able to get to them all on the podcast. And so, uh, you know, there's tons of information over there for you. Uh, you know, in, in almost any category that you'd like. And then we have uh, specific pages dedicated to certain things like firearms, alternative news, um, which the alternative news hub is the, the, it's the most popular page out of all the other pages on Prepper website. Um, we have DIY, frugal living, all those kinds of things that uh, you might be interested in. So if, you, uh, if you're looking for more preparedness information, come on over to PrepperWebsite.com. And uh, you'll be able to get all your preparedness needs met there. All right, so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.